Kia ora and welcome into the 4th and Forever podcast. We are back at it again. And when I say we, I mean myself and our frequent most special of special guests, Mr. Steve Bothwell. How's it going, Dad? Yay! Well, I'm not going to say absolutely marvellous this thing because we are currently enduring a lockdown shitstorm. Oh, local going off script. Shit st- local lockdown shitstorm. Oh, That's you had some pretty serious all storms. I- yeah, all I'm not, I'm not going to go any further on that matter. We'll just leave that one as it is. <laughs> yeah, things are looking quite dreadful over that way. Um, it's been a little bit wet and windy over this way, but certainly not to the same extent as things are going over there. Uh, obviously, yeah. there was some some really really terrible uh, events in the northeast of Scotland, even more terrible than just the lockdown. In fact, had it not been for the lockdown, things might have been uh, a damn side worse with that awful train tragedy. But um, yeah, yeah, our thoughts go yeah. out to those affected by that and just the flooding in general. Um, it all looked pretty awful. But um, yeah. let's not get too uh, too too bogged down in that. Um, so yeah, good to have you back again, Dad. Uh, filling in again yeah. for for Darren Butter, who's uh, otherwise otherwise engaged. Um, I was actually thinking about getting your own intro or theme music. Have you got any thoughts on what would work for you? <laughs> theme music? Oh, I don't know. Well, uh, and like I don't know, maybe like the Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, like ring entrance theme. No, we we'll chariot to fire or something. We just read yeah. chariot to sh- chariot to shit or something. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I, I've been I, I've been smashing back some seventies prog lately. What about what about uh, uh, Radar goes to town from Camel or something like that? Oh, Lots I know, I know, in no, there. no, nothing with <laughs> not, absolutely nothing with flute in it. Thank you. Nothing with flute in it. Okay, okay. No, if you say I, so, I probably I would probably err towards uh, something metally. If okay, know, okay. You know, Maybe just some, some Metallica work. or something, yeah? Yeah. Oh, you can choose. <laughs> I'm, not that, I'm not that first. Cool, cool. I mean, actually, probably shouldn't really be anything that's licensed. But if I can get some sort of cheap knockoff version, then that would be all right. <laughs> oh, uh, generic, Stuart. Generic does me, as you very well know. Yeah, generic. Generic indeed. Okay, so yeah, today uh, we're going to be having a look at the NFC North. So I hope you're all uh, all clued up on that there, Dad, uh, and you've not misread everything. Oh, he's got he's got sheets of paper and everything. He is well prepared. Yes, so, I, I, print, I I wrote all this stuff out myself. Mm-hmm. And I printed it, print it out myself. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if they in any way match any of my notes. Um, but we'll see if we've got anything in common as we go on. I suppose. <laughs> Um, (laughs) So the Green Bay Packers, they finished 13-3 last season under uh, brand new head coach Matt LaFleur, but it was probably the, um, two seconds, I don't know if you picked it up there on the mic there, we've got a nice little bit of Indiana Jones intro music for you, something else going on in the background here. Um, I'll do. But but, um, yeah, the the Packers, for my money last season, were probably one of the worst 13-3 teams I'd seen for a while. They kind of uh, seemed to just coast through a, a relatively easy schedule. Um, like even their own division wasn't the strongest, uh, as you might have expected it to be. The Minnesota Vikings kind of floundered their way to a ten and six record when a lot of people were backing them for the Super Bowl. The Chicago Bears just stumbled and Trubiskied their way to an eight and eight record, and the Detroit Lions uh, just couldn't overcome uh, a, a bit of a awful awful start. Uh, like, like Matt, Matt Stafford was playing incredibly well, but um, like then he got injured and the results weren't going the way by that point, and things just went from bad to worse. Finished on thir- three and twelve, but we'll get to them later on. But yeah, the the Packers themselves, um, 
like we all know what to talk about here. It's got to be the Rogers Love conundrum. Um, was drafting Jordan Love the right choice? Does he have a higher ceiling than Aaron Rodgers? Is Rodgers in the decline? Is the rest of the roster still pretty solid? Like, although they still did not address the wide receiving problem that they had there, um, things are a bit questionable behind Devante Adams. They um, uh, brought in the aforementioned Jordan Love in the first round, the 26th pick. They traded up for him as well. Uh, picked up AJ Dillon in the second as, uh, as, as a running back. Like, just in a wide receiving deep draft, it just seemed the craziest thing to still not address wide receiver. And they, they did it in free agency, you could say, by picking up Devin Funches. But guess what? He's opted out on the COVID list. Uh, they lost Brian Balaga to the Chargers, Blake Martinez to the Giants, and Jimmy Graham, if you call that a loss, uh, to the rival Chicago Bears. So, yeah, we'll get back to that um, that main question, Dad. Was drafting Jordan Love the right choice under the circumstances? Well, your team's just going 13-3, and three, and most of that is based upon the play of a uh, future Hall of Famer, mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers. Well, I, you're right about the 13-3 record. I think it, it flatters him somewhat. Mm-hmm. It, was a, it, was a weird, it was a weird season. You know, I, Agreed. I, I I really couldn't get my head around why they were thirteen and three. Obviously, they went thirteen games and lose three. That, that's how that happens. Yeah, <laughs> it, it it didn't really, they never really inspired in me that you know. You watch these a, a good team play and you you think they look like a good team. I never got that impression with Green Bay. Uh, yeah, they just the, kind of the proper yeah. question you asked about Jordan Love. That's that's not just one question mark. That's a whole row of question marks. Actually, trading up to get him. Okay, maybe signing a quarterback in the future, but yeah, surely hell. How old, how old is Aaron Rodgers? Thirty-five or something? Something along those lines. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's still, like, he's still got Brady a few more still, years in him, perhaps. Tom Brady's still playing at forty-two. I mean, a couple of years, at the very least. The least he would have expected was some wide receiver help in, as you pointed yeah. out, a wide receiver deep draft class. Yeah, they just it, never just never addressed that for Rodgers. And it's just, it, it, it seems to be the, the most obvious choice in this draft was to pick up a wide receiver at that, at that point. Um, there were still still plenty of good ones available at that point. Um, I mean, even like, yeah. like so T. T. Higgins, if that's the sort of thing that you're after, he was available like several spots back. Um, they could have picked up Laviska Chenault by that point, and that I think a lot of people would have thought would have been an excellent pick, uh, even given his uh, problems with injury. Um, but yeah, they, once again, they just did not do it. They zigged when everyone thought that they should zag. Some people are saying maybe this will light a fire under Aaron Rodgers, but there's different ways to do it. I don't really see it as being a no, no, way to do I, it. I, no, you take, who you get, who you got to get to compete against Aaron Rodgers? It's, yeah, basically, another starting quarterback that's going to the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. I mean, a, rookie, a rookie's not going to do it. A rookie with a quest, questionable skill set as well. Yeah. And from in Utah State, what are they? That's not part. Is that Pac-10? Oh, I don't know. Call? It's college. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> your dad and man, he's a man with these things. I don't watch that college stuff. He could, yeah, be, like, he could be coming from a weak conference for all I know. 
Mm. Like he's definitely actually played anyone. I think he's probably about the definition of a toolsy quarterback, and they perhaps see themselves as picking up the next Patrick Mahomes. Um, but th- like this guy's not Mahomes. I think that's relatively clear. But wow. they're hoping to maybe yeah. develop him that way. And like it's probably fair to say that Rogers. Actually, no, it is fair to say that Rogers has been in a bit of a decline. He's not making like mistakes in terms of turning the ball over or anything. But he's being really conservative. He's not not taking as many chances as he would previously. But you know, maybe if he had more weapons to throw to, uh, then then that might be a little bit different. Um, but the, the the way this is going just now, people are trying to make comparisons to the the Rogers. Brett Favre saga of, of yesteryear. But, but by that point, Brett Favre had been talking about retiring for several years and he just decided to continue going and going and going. They picked up Rodgers. They made him wait, made him learn behind Favre. And like, it's by the, <laughs> Rodgers has been trying his, his best to come out and say, no, no, I'm, I'm okay with this. This is fine. Like, I, I don't blame the Packers for doing this. And uh, I'm certainly not mad with Jordan Love. But the subtext just screams... I am really pissed off and I'm wanting to <laughs> just really show someone who's boss. Um, like, I, I don't know, maybe this is even his last season in Green Bay. Well, possibly. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, he gets an awful lot of crap for one of them. He's the ultimate team man. And his, skill, his skills are, well, you can't question him. Mm-hmm. I would say he's maybe not the same as he was previously, but no. But you've you're, you're expecting an awful lot of Jordan Love to come out in there and actually win the job and usurp Rogers. That's just not going to happen. Ah, uh, no, it isn't. It isn't. What, what this um, whole pick and trading up for it as well. Mm, I don't, that, I don't think I don't think Emmy was not going to do her down to, to draft Jordan Love in the first round. Absolutely not. But this this uh, sort of smells a bit like a dysfunctional front office. You know, you've got your your, your Hall of Fame quarterback, franchise quarterback, one of the all-time league greats, and he's winding down for sure. Mm-hmm. But you've got to surround him with some talent to make him get, can use use the skills he still has. You know, try to get the best best out of him while you can. Mm-hmm. What do they do? They go and draft his replacement. Well, well, they figure his replacement. He might just sort of flame out. Yeah, he, he might be nothing. Might never, yeah. I mean, he's drafted around about the same sort of area as Paxton Lynch was drafted by the Broncos, and he was another tozy, tall quarterback who could really odd. like sling it. Never odd quite worked odd. out that way. I just hate the way these people just evaluate the physical aspects. Mm. I mean, they marked, they marked Russell Wilson down for being a bit in the short side. Yeah. And I think he's a bit... I think he's about the same height as me and you, maybe slightly. I think he's about 5'10 or something. He's I'm about 5'10, 5'11. Yeah. He's no so Doug Flutie, so... No, he's no Brock Osweiler, 6'7. <laughs> Paxton, Paxton Lynch was about 6'7 as well. What is it with these people? Oh, <laughs> well, as Darren likes to point out, Elway likes his big, tall quarterbacks, and that did get me a little bit worried that we might go the Justin Herbert route. Big statuesque yeah, yeah. sort of guy. It's like, oh, he looks the real deal. He looks like a quarterback. Like, yeah, yeah but does. what happens when he throws a football? That's <laughs> kind of what the the measurables you should be going for. Um, like, I'm definitely not going to completely trash Jordan Love. I, I, I like what he could become. 
but yes. it's just it's just you have to trust in that development there and it's a developmental prospect and perhaps they are just willing to say look we're going to have Aaron Rodgers here for another three years Jordan Love is going to sit behind them and learn that all, all that time but if you're spending a first round pick on a quarterback like that you've got to like you're going to get a lot of pressure from the front office to get some value for your money well I um I don't I don't think you trade up for a developmental prospect no I think I like in terms of trading up you have to have like a, you have to be in dire need of what it is that you're drafting up to get and you have to have the value from it so about the only yeah. thing that I would actually ever consider trading up for is a franchise quarterback if I don't already have one and like it's all well and good saying that you've got like one for the future but we don't know what Jordan Love is yet and I think there's just there's too much uncertainty there I would have said easy pick is a wide receiver and I think the like most people around the league would have agreed um yeah it just didn't it just didn't work out that way uh and they, they also of course drafted AJ Dillon in the second round so you know it's not enough for Aaron Jones to go out there and run in 16 touchdowns in the season his job's under threat as well apparently and and like they have about one, two, three, four, five, six. They have seven running backs on their roster at the moment, including Dexter Williams, Jamal Williams, and Tyler Irvin. It's like there's. Did you need to do that, especially in such a wide receiver deep draft? Well, Strange. they're going back. They're going back to do. They got to be start running the Lombardi sweep again. <laughs> they're really dialing it back, are they? Yeah, they got to do that. <laughs> they just got to stop throwing the ball. They just got to. Well, they'll probably do a just a snap bottle Jordan Love and they get all these people look blocking in front of him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe they're seeing this whole um, revolution of um, of Lamar Jackson in Baltimore and saying like maybe Jordan Love can be our guy that can do that. Yeah, but, you know, that's, that's Jordan, Jordan Love is best, doesn't that? Yeah. But um, yeah, the, the the Packers last season they started off. They, they beat the Bears in that very boring opening game, beat the Packers, uh, came back to beat the Broncos, lost to the Eagles and stuff. Um, but then it was really close ones against the Lions. They did actually manage to beat the Chiefs, but I think was that after Rodgers' injury? I think it might have been. But then they had cakewalks like the Panthers and the Giants in there, the, the Washington football team, the Bears when they were like just trundling out. Um, yeah. limping Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, yeah, they, and they did manage to beat some good teams, but even when they were doing so, it was never convincing. Yeah, and, that's, um, that's, the impression, that's the impression I got. Yeah. From their, the start of the season schedule this time around, they're going to have to deal with the, the Vikings to start off with. And I think, well, I mean, obviously, it's going to be really hard to tell what we're going to be getting with any of these teams at the moment. But... Um, the, the Vikings early on, I think, might be quite susceptible. Uh, and then they're going to have to deal with the Lions. I think I'm actually a little bit... I'd be wary about that, actually. I think the Lions could be a sneaky good team. Spoiler alert for, for later on in this. Uh, then you got the Saints at home, Falcons away, and the Buccaneers at home. And then, I'll just say, also the Texans at home. So they've got... Quite a tough opening schedule there, depending on what you think of the Falcons. But Saints, Buccaneers, Vikings, Texans, and like I say, Sneaky Lions as well. It's a that's a, a tough opener. Yeah, I would still have them on the on the plus side of the column with that. 
Mm-hmm. Regardless, if you've got Aaron Rodgers in your team, you've always got a chance of winning. Yeah. I'd probably say they'd come out of that um, four and two. Yeah, uh, that'd be fair. Yeah, I'd say they, they, they could beat the Vikings, maybe sneak one against the Lions and the Falcons, but it's going to be real tough against the Saints and Texans. And the Buccaneers are still the great unknown to me at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Talk, so, about, uh, talk about them later. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll we'll get on to what we think about the standings of this division once we've covered every other team. And one of those other teams is the Minnesota Vikings, head coached by Mike Zimmer. Still, he managed to get himself a nice big contract extension. Uh, just got to say, Gary Kubiak is still, still running it up as the OC there. Um, and there's been a lot of hype about what he might be doing with this offense this time around. If... Uh, 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 Dalvin Cook can stay healthy and also if he even gets on the field because he's having a little bit of a holdout at the moment. Um, so, yes, yeah, yeah. so they, f- they finished 10-6. and six. They picked up Justin Jefferson in the first round because they realised that they needed wide receiver help after trading away Stephon Diggs, who was very much outspoken over the last few years. They also picked up a nice cornerback out of TCU in the late first round in Jeff Gladney and uh, also picked up Ezra Cleveland out of Boise State, which was a guy I was actually hoping that the Broncos might just get a sniff at. And Cameron Dantzler from uh, Mississippi State in the third, which uh, Adam Thielen has been talking up as being a real problem uh, for for opposing offenses, that is, not for Minnesota. So Dantzler, some people were ranking in the first round, long, rangy kind of guy, ran really silly slow numbers um, in, in some of the, the measurables, but... Maybe one of these guys with sneaky speed, great long corner, see what he can do. They did also sign Michael Pierce from Baltimore, the defensive tackle, but he is out on the COVID list as well. Uh, like I say, they got rid of Stephon Diggs. They also lost Trey Waynes to Cincinnati. Linval Joseph has signed with the Chargers. Stephen Weatherly has gone on to Carolina. Mackenzie Alexander to Cincinnati. Xavier Rhodes to Indianapolis. Anderson Deho to Cleveland. Everson Griffin still a free agent. Oh, no, he went to Dallas, um, I must point out. So that's a couple of losses I just mentioned there. And they pretty much lost their entire secondary and are attempting to patch up with the rookies. They had something like 12 draft picks and the majority of them were put on their uh, their defensive backfield. Uh, one, two, three, four, five at least, maybe six uh, like defensive backs there, and linebackers, just everything, throwing everything at it. And like yeah, but like to to me, having lost such a plethora of defensive starters and expecting to just plug in rookies, to me this is a team that could spiral out of control next season. Yeah, uh, I agree with you there. Um, nothing wrong with drafting defensive rookies, but nope. out of four secondary positions, you can't replace three <laughs> rookies expected to work. Cornerback is the most difficult position to learn. Well, mm. you can play it. You can play it and you can play it average or yeah. poorly, but to do it well, you can be a promising rookie, which these two guys, uh, the cornerbacks drafted, probably are. Mm-hmm. But but big leap, big leap from the college to the pros. Yeah, and e- even fifty percent of your secondary rookies, they just gotta get picked on all the time. Yeah, you just I show what, one one sign of weakness, and you'll get absolutely roasted. Mm-hmm. But so like they, they've still got uh, Mike Hughes there as one of their starting corners, and they've 
got Jeff Gladney into uh, in the starting slot of the other one already. Uh, with Cameron Dance, they're mm-hmm. probably picking up the slot, but I'm not really sure if he's really a slot corner sort of guy. Um, but we'll, yeah, we'll see. Think, Depends how they that, employ yeah. him. You tend to find that out for playing or practice. Well, the limit got be limited in practice, I guess, with these mm-hmm. strange times we live in. Yeah. But my overall impression was this was a team that underachieved last season. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people felt that way. Yeah, and I can't see we are whole, with wholesale personnel changes. I can't see them really getting much better. They're a decent coaching staff. They're a pretty good coaching staff. They've still got Dalvin Cook, which is a, mm-hmm. it's a huge it's a huge piece. Kirk Cousins, yeah. He's a, He'll do the job. A, uh, now, of course, he's, he's I'll, a good, I'll be... He's a good quarterback. He's a good quarterback. I'm not going to get into the discussion with Kurt. Yeah, Kirk, I'll be careful. But, otherwise, uh, uh, Darren will not come after you. Darren's a, yeah. a, a big Kirk Cousins stan. Yeah. Um... Or someday, to me, it's, it's hot and cold with him. Mm-hmm. You never, probably I think get you're expecting playoffs, a lot but... of... Yeah, you're expecting a lot of that wide receiving core as well. Obviously, having lost someone like Stefan Diggs, who was a great contested catch guy, also still had the deep speed. He was a good threat there. You've got Justin Jefferson coming in to kind of fill that role immediately. You're expecting a lot of this guy. Um, and he, he did look good, and he probably is a good fit for this team, but you're expecting a lot of him to step up straight away. Yeah, yeah, and that then, doesn't always that doesn't always happen with with, with rookie receivers. I'll just yeah. say the same with the cornerbacks. It's a tough position to to make a transition from the college to the pros, mm-hmm. and with, with with the expectation as well. I mean, a lot of people had him as the well, he was top of the some people's receiver charts for the the draft. Yeah, some people were really high on him. Uh, he, yeah. he, had a, he had quite a spread, I think. Some people had him going in top tens. Others had him dropping to the end of the first round. Yeah, but um, again, he, he's playing playing for LSU with uh, Joe Burrow throwing the ball, mm. so he's got to look. He's got to look good. Hmm. So, um, behind them, you've got Tajay Sharp, uh, KJ Osborne, Chad Beebe, Alexander Hollins. Like, it's not it's not much there. Uh, yeah, the, I'm going, like, the, I don't the know any of those. Yeah, exactly. You, you still got Kyle Rudolph there. Um, rumors of his demise have been greatly exaggerated. Yeah, uh, Smith Jr. is looking good too. I, of course, Adam Thielen. Um, uh, Kirk well, Cousins, like CJ Ham's looking good there mm-hmm. too. Still decent receivers there, but you know the deep threat that was Stephon Diggs. Mm. Is, uh, is that Justin Jefferson? Is he a speedster? Is he? Uh, yeah, kind of a good mix between speed, uh, but a pretty good possession guy as well. Um, yeah. He's a good um, sort of, I wouldn't quite say prototypical. He's about uh, about 200 pounds, uh, six foot one. Um, yeah, like it just, I, I think he's going to be like at very least a good contributor. But having given up Stefan Diggs for him, he's got to be better than that, ultimately. Yeah, like, yeah. Any, I mean, anything less than like... A, a thousand yards in this day and age uh, would be disappointing for someone in his position now. Yeah, I, I, it's interesting you said uh, prototypical. I don't know what is prototypical now. <laughs> the, the typical wide receiver, the perfect wide receiver now is different from the one 10, 20 years ago. Mm. Um, I think the closest you've you're, got you're, is Julio you're Jones. Wanting, you're wanting a big, a tall, you want a big guy and you want a tall mm. guy. Like yeah. Cortland Sutton, and I think he's a bit... 210 pounds or something like 15 stone thereabouts yeah that's uh that's that's what they see as typical that's what they want now 
Mm-hmm. You know, the contested catches. They want a bigger guy, a big, really big, really quick guy. Big body, wide, wide catch radius and stuff like that. Yeah. That's the sort of thing that he can perhaps offer this team. And that's the mm-hmm. sort of thing that Stefan Diggs had. His um, his ability to go up and get it and fight for every ball. Like Stefan Diggs always played with a, a chip on his shoulder, which is why I think that he's going to be a great asset to Buffalo, providing Josh Allen can get the ball anywhere near him. Uh, <laughs> Justin Jefferson, I mean, yeah, like he, he's going to be the the key point to, to that offense. Like If he does well, I think the team can do pretty well probably still get themselves up to 10 wins again but it's that it's that defense i'm most concerned about because you've lost so many guys there you're going to rely very much on harrison smith and anthony harris in that secondary to really guide it uh anthony barr hasn't been nearly as good as he was in his early years still no. really like he's, he's fast and everything but it's about all he is Eric Kendricks is one of the best coverage linebackers in the NFL and is absolutely fantastic. He's probably the the heart and soul of that team, I would think. And you've got uh, Danielle Hunter's there, but from the guys that I mentioned earlier on, you've got to be worried. Oh, Also, they've got a guy called Chris Boyd, spelt K-R-I-S, playing cornerback for them as well, so hopefully he gets cut. Right, okay. Well, I was going to say something there, but it's your podcast, so I won't. No... Big huge thing here is uh, is the Dalvin Cook thing. Mm-hmm. They don't get his money sorted out. That's that's at least fifty sixty percent of their offense out the window. He's the he's well, the exceptional running exceptional running back. When he's healthy, and, uh, yeah, yeah. When he's healthy, everything goes through him. Yeah, yeah. I think that's their own, their main concern, and they don't want to be the ones dishing out a Todd Gurley style contract again, only to watch him go out the door the following season because he's just not the same guy anymore there's, true, there's true. Been like running back contracts are scrutinized more than they ever have been because the game just doesn't run that way anymore it is great to have a guy like him but it can for the most part just supplement a good passing game these days yeah and that's yeah, kind that's, of what that, the main point is much as i like you know the the way they, they air the ball out a lot now there's still something in me that dislikes the, you know, the three yards and a cloud of dust. Yeah. Right up, right up the middle. Ah. Yeah, the gone again. of the days of Jerome Bettis or, uh, <laughs> or, or yeah. Terrell Davis doing it for us as well. But he, he was a good mix oh, of everything, though, of you course. Go way, you go way back to John Riggins is the one, Stuart. Go oh, check boy, some yeah. Stuff. Um, goodness me. Or there was a oh, guy monster. called uh, a guy used to play for the Bengals in the late seventies, early eighties, called Larry Kinnebrew. Oh yeah. Uh, you could if you could get some film of him. Yeah. He's a cracker. What about some some Earl Campbell? Just throw some of that oh, at you yeah. as well. Earl Campbell, that's it. That's well, that's like Larry Kinnebrew, but with skill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Earl Campbell well, was someone else before Earl actually Campbell before my been. time before my time as well. But I've seen some stuff on him. He was a, oh yeah, like. Load. Whenever you go and you watch all these uh, throwback YouTube videos of, of great running backs yeah. or big hits and stuff like that, you're like, who's this guy playing in the, the, the powder blue and stuff all the time? Yeah. He's just running over people. Yeah, and probably the all-time greatest um, um, kit. You know, the old Houston Oilers I, I, I do blue. really like the old Houston Oilers kit. Many yeah. times I've looked at maybe like an old Warren Moon or an Earl Campbell jersey because yeah, well, it's just, we, it's we, looks we, real sweet. We do digress, but these are the days where running backs were done after five years. Yeah. Totally physically finished. 
yeah, yeah. and just the, the the numbers and the analytics are all suggesting towards like why run when you should be passing yes yeah. like yeah. it's the, the only time you should ever be running now is when the the numbers say that that is actually more effective than the potential you could get out of a, of a pass yeah so like if you've got a guy like dalvin cook he can definitely be a contributor but it's it's like i say it supplements a, a bigger part that's yes. going on there though yes mm-hmm. it, we used to it used to be able to uh pass to set up the run years ago mm. it's, it's 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 been the other way for a long time now and they've got the, they actually crunched the numbers to, to come up with the stats and these things Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's nothing, nothing really left to chance in these things, and I yeah. think quarterback, quarterback play in general has improved since I've started watching the, the game. Mm-hmm. It's improved, it's improved a lot. Yeah, well, like you've got, some, you've some got viable starters in every team these days. Yeah, yeah. You've seen some of the duffers that were slinging the ball when I first started watching this. It was embarrassing <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, and they put some of those duffers in the Hall of Fame as well. Ah, uh, let's not go there. That's a different. That's an off-season episode. <laughs> oh my God, that's a three-hour podcast. <laughs> who should we take out of the Hall of Fame and who should we put in? Um, so yeah, the the Vikings they start off away to the Packers, then home to the Colts, away to the Tennessee Titans, at home to the Texans, at home to the Seahawks, and away to the Falcons. So looking at that one there again, pretty tough considering how many right. of those teams went to the playoffs or were underachieving last season. Um, I guess it depends on what you think of the Colts. But, um, yeah, I, I think with that young team, especially in, on the defensive side of the ball, I think the Vikings are going to have a real problem to start out the gate. I think they're going to, uh, like, of their first six games, maybe a, maybe a two, maybe two wins there. Um, well, I think I'm, they'll be Even that, I'm not sure split. about. Yeah, I'll be, I think they'll be very, do very well to split those three and mm. three. I'm, I'm with you. I, I think this team's got to regress this season, mm-hmm. mainly due to the, mainly due to the turnover in the defense. Defense. Yeah, and like surely there should be better cap management and roster management going on there these days. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is this I, is I, not just this is but it's it's the way similar similar to the Packers. It it's it's the whole it's the whole package. It's the, it's the front office, as you say, cap management and personnel management recruitment. Yeah. It's the whole package. There's no way you should be turning over your whole secondary, more or less, mm. yeah, in one that, season. Yeah, I mean, they weren't exactly the best secondary going. Uh, like Xavier Rhodes had regressed drastically over the last few seasons, but just having someone with experience back there would have been very beneficial for them. Uh, I'm not necessarily sure what their salary cap situation is looking like right now, but... I, I could have swore that they would have been a team to go for the likes of Byron Jones from Dallas. I think he would have really, really helped at least make things a bit easier there, yeah. um, given how many guys they were losing. But, hey, I don't work in the front office for Minnesota. No, well, uh, Cousins takes up a fair whacker there. Um, uh, salary cap. Yeah, but still not too bad, all things considered. But yeah. I guess also depends on what's happening with the salary cap this coming season. I really don't know how they're going to manage that. Anyway, well, um, they got yes, uh, Michael Pierce, twenty-seven million for three years, but he's um, not even playing. Out, so, yeah, that's unfortunate. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure that means that that doesn't count against their salary cap for for this okay. season. So it's like he's okay. borrowing, yeah, that from other enough. seasons or something. I don't know. Yeah. I I never okay. fully understood the system there, but. Um, Another thing I don't fully understand is why Mitchell Trubisky is still getting game at quarterback for the Chicago Bears. Oh, that's a, that's, a, that's, 
Good little segue, Stuart. Like, like that, like that. Well, um, they maybe are a little bit uncertain about how long that's going to last as well. So they brought in Nick Foles this offseason. Whether or not that is an upgrade, I don't really know. Like I've seen Nick Foles at his best be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And then I've seen him struggle or I've seen him get his uh, clavicle snapped uh, in the first game of the season or whatever. Yeah. Like I like him. I want him to do well. Uh, he was the architect of one of my favorite uh, New England losses of all time. Um, but yeah, there's there's been a little bit in and out in Chicago. Uh, they finished 8-8 eight eight last season under head coach Matt Nagy, who I think after his first season with making Mitchell Trubisky look like he was the next big thing, it's definitely fair to say that they regressed last season. Now, uh, they picked up uh, tight, tight end Cole Kmet from Notre Dame in the second round with their first pick uh, after they gave up their first rounders for uh, Khalil Mack back in the day for the Raiders. Uh, they also brought in Jalen Johnson, cornerback from Utah, in the second as well. Looks not too bad. Uh, they signed Robert Quinn from Dallas on a five-year $70 million contract and also brought in Jimmy Graham for some reason. Good God knows why. Uh, they lost Nick Kwiatkowski to the Las Vegas Raiders and Leonard Floyd to the Rams and Trey Burton I think might be a sneaky big loss for them actually even though he's had his problems with injuries he's gone off to Indianapolis so yeah plenty of questions going on has time already run out in Trubisky if so what can we expect of Nick Foles this wide receiving core looking at it actually looks quite interesting like Anthony Miller he could take a step up Alan Robinson, if you actually just give him a really good quarterback, what can he be? He's never had a good quarterback thrown to him. Corderell Patterson comes in. He's a bit of an X factor. He's been kind of this tool that's been used wherever he's gone. Ted Ginn Jr. is your deep threat. Riley Ridley could be ready to take a step up. Is that a sneaky good offense if they can give whichever quarterback is there enough time to throw? And that defense, with Chuck Pagano coming in, they could be ready to take a step back up as well. Yeah, yeah. The def- I think the, the problems with the Bears, this lie and them being the Bears, over the years, <laughs> they've, just, they've just sort of morphed into this franchise that, well, 8-8, eight and eight, that, that, that just typifies them. Yeah. They don't seem to worry if they're 7-8. They, they don't seem to mind being average. That's the impression I get. And the way they're going about their recruitment and their free agency I just say it's the same Tubisky is just rubbish it always has been and actually traded up for him as well <clears throat> I, th- I think they like that again Nick, it's a toolsy quarterback yeah. but he's yeah, just not yeah. planned out to this stage yet true but I think they've given him too much time mm. they should have with all the invested the plug, to get the him plug. yeah mm. Nick Foles as you rightly point out he, he's only ever been good in relief you know, he's a career mm. backup. He's actually more talented than a career backup. He is a good quarterback. He's been lucky with injuries. But we've never seen a full season out of him. For the life of me, I don't know why they didn't go get Andy Dalton. That would have been a I great fit. I think that would have been a really, really good fit. Uh, or even Cam Newton was another one that was getting floated yes. about quite a lot. Aye. And also, it wouldn't have cost you nearly as much as you gave up for Nick Foles. Yeah, I, so it's just crazy as far as I'm concerned. Here's Andy Dalton. I, I, I just thought that the bet, well, he's probably dying to get out of Cincinnati anyway. So, 
Yeah, he, yeah I think he landed in a pretty good situation it. in Dallas, but I think he would have got a starting job if he'd gone to Chicago. And ha- as he's indicated in the past, if you put a team around him, which it looks like you might have in Chicago, then he can do something. It was that um, yeah. was it 2015 season where he was like MVP caliber for a lot of it. Like, there's yeah. definitely a lot of potential in Andy Dalton. Yeah, potential now in his, his 30s. He's still got potential. Has there been tap? We haven't seen the best of Andy Dalton yet. So what happens no, if you're in Cincinnati, well, I suppose. Yeah, I think we've, I think we've, we're not going to see it now. But yeah, back to decision making in the front office there, they should have just been knocking his door down for that. Hey, Mark, Cam Newton. I, I just don't know what the, the mindset is. No, let's go away and pay a load of money to Nick Foles instead. Let's pay, I don't know, 10, 15 times what Cam Newton's getting from the Patriots. Yeah. And we'll call, it a, and we'll call that a good deal. We'll spend that as a good deal. <laughs> yeah, no, Nick yeah. Foles was always our guy. Yeah, yeah, we don't want former MVPs or guys who could actually fit in this offense. Nah, I'm kidding. Yeah. Nick Nick Foles, like I'm, I'm sure is going to be going to be the starter because he is, he's a good solid guy. He's a good leader. People love to actually play with him. I think it is going to be his job to lose, and Trubisky's yeah. just going to be playing catch up. He's just not quite proven it yet. Like Trubisky does have this skill set. You're like, ah, oh, if you could only put it together. Like your your a running ability, if you run, which was his problem for a lot of last season, is a weapon. Like use use that to your advantage to suck in the defense and then just dink it over the top of them. Yeah, you know, I mean if you're if, if you've got well, they've got a decent if if they do, they do start to bisky, use them like that. Mm-hmm. Like they, they were they the previous like, season. Why why do they always do that? But uh, I remember the the knock on Lamar Jackson coming out of college, so he's just one of these running quarterbacks. Well, fine. You take that and you go with it. You get the, you get the skill set. You don't try and change the player you drafted. Mm-hmm. His skill it de- set. It depends. The, the teams. It depends how much you want to change it. I remember uh, the best example of this. Will tell Tim Tebow. Oh boy! Yeah. When, when John Fox was um, basically forced to start them in Denver, mm-hmm. he was the NFL quarterback, but they rewrote the whole offensive playbook. And got the best out of him that they could, which um, somehow turned into eight wins and a playoff berth and a playoff yeah. victory against the Pittsburgh Steelers, which oh, I will weird. never forget. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. Yeah, that was some very back, interesting back times. To the Bears, Stuart, I, I totally agree with it. The defense looks uh, really good. That's one thing that they are good at doing: touch other out quality defenses. But even even in the in their Super Bowl year. Mm-hmm. Like that offense was only average, mm-hmm. but that's but that's all it needed to be. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, the defense can take them a long way, especially in this division. I see with the Vikings dropping back, and the Lions maybe making a step up, but not quite. Depending on quarterback play here, the Bears could have a shot at a wild card possibly. Yeah, I would. But, I would tend to agree. I think there's a possibility. Yeah, I, I, if I'm sounding positive there, I, I didn't mean it sounded that positive. <laughs> I didn't mean to sound too positive. It's, <laughs> Careful, it's man. Huge, it's a huge question mark on quarterback play there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, if they they just need to, they could pick up one win there and get a wild card. They could pick up one win in last season's results. They could 
pick up a wild sneak card. in. Well, I mean, even given the given the wild card rule changes this season, and there yeah. can be like an extra spot, eight and eight might even be enough. I wouldn't think it would yeah. be in in the NFL at the moment, but I guess it just remains to be seen. So their strengths, yeah. like I say, I do quite like the depth. You've got a wide receiver there. The Packers would kill for a wide receiving core like that. Um, offensive line, it, they kind of regressed a little bit last season, I believe. Not really super sold in some of their additions there this offseason either. Uh, Jimmy Graham still boggles the mind for me. Uh, quarterback, who really knows? In the running back department, you've still got Tariq Cohen, who's kind of the forgotten man there, as well as, well as David Montgomery. I think that's a pretty good one-two punch. You could see them actually take a step up and contribute to this team. On, on the defensive side, you still got Akeem Hicks, still an absolute badass. It looks a little bit shaky along that defensive line, to be fair, but the, the linebacking core looks really strong, and that's kind of where they're going to be using a lot of that. Because you, you know, Khalil Mack, he's listed as linebacker on the depth chart here, but we all know that he just roams about wherever he can cause the most havoc. Daniel Trevathan's still solid in the middle. Roquan Smith started off hot last season, kind of fizzled out a bit, but maybe he'll find his feet this time. I think getting Robert Quinn in is a pretty shrewd move. He's a guy who, just wherever he's gone, he has contributed. And I, I just kind of feel as if that's going to be a nice person to have on the opposite side from Khalil Mack, or even just have him and Khalil Mack on the same side if you want it. Uh, Eddie Jackson's yeah. still in the, the, the secondary as well. Really a little bit uncertain about the cornerback situation, though, to be honest. We've got Artie Burns, from like came over from Pittsburgh, and you're probably going to be expecting Jalen Johnson to step up. Um, Kyle Fuller, if he gets back to the, what he can be, might not be so bad, but I'm a little little wary of that is all. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So uh, the Bears schedule, they start off with the Lions, and then they go to New York to take on the Giants. They welcome the Falcons, go to the Colts, go to the Buccaneers, and welcome the Panthers. So, given the way this team is, let me see. One, I'll th- I'll be go three and three two, with that. I'd say about three and three. Yeah, I think it's probably a win every other week. I think they'll uh, they'll they'll beat the Giants, the Panthers. I'm still not sure where that team is yet. They've got a lot of rookies, especially on defense yeah. at the moment. You know, and of course, the great unknown of the Buccaneers. And yeah, just yeah, I'm not sure. Yep. And of course, this is all just looking at stuff on paper, but uh, yeah, it's only once we get out in the field we'll actually find out what's going on there. But yeah, so you're thinking maybe split that too? I'm thinking that, yeah. Okay. All right. And that leaves us with the Detroit Lions, who last season finished 3-12. and A little bit unfair given how well Matt Stafford was playing early on in the season and getting no result out of it because the defense just wasn't playing up to scratch. Um, This is another team with a a pretty good-looking wide receiving core. I think that the the Kenny Galladay-Marvin Jones uh, tandem is good. And then if Danny Amendola can actually put it together for a full season, uh, and then you've got Marvin Hall in there as well, that's, that's not too bad. The offensive line looks a bit stronger than it did previously. You're kind of relying on um, Halavaitai from Philadelphia to come in and uh, really contribute a right tackle. It wasn't fantastic at Philadelphia, but he was he was certainly solid, and it was definitely an upgrade that they've got here now. Um, 
they did lose uh, Graham Glasgow to Denver. So as Devon Kennard to Arizona, which I think is going to be uh, kind of a miss there. Uh, like they, like I say, they brought in Vitae. They brought in Jamie Collins from New England. They brought in Desmond Trufant from Atlanta. They brought in Chase Daniel, for whatever reason, from Chicago mm-hmm. to be a backup quarterback for three years in stupid money. Sorry, I misread that. $13 million for a backup quarterback. Jeez. Danny Shelton is a defensive tackle, again from New England, and Jerron Harmon from New England. It's almost as if there's some sort of Matt Patricia New England connection going on there. Yeah. Nobody knows. But they also picked well, up Jeff Okuda in the first mm-hmm. round and DeAndre Swift in the second. Yeah, Okuda is a good draft. Like, a mm-hmm. good pick. I think he's, he looked um, about the most solid one you can expect there. Yeah, but see this New England New England 2.0. Mm-hmm. How, how often does that actually work? You know, it's not worked yet because I don't think any of. team other than New England have won the, the Super Bowl yeah. since people have been trying to do that. So No, and he... I mean, Bill O'Brien started to do it, and you know, all that's going. So I mean, there is a bit of an exodus from New England at the moment. So yeah, um, I don't think that'll work for them. No, the New England, the New England connection thing. It's I mean, like it's like when you a player going back to uh, leaving a team, then going back mm, to the yeah. front. That that almost never works. Um, but, but the, the, the Detroit yeah. Lions, any, any improvement in their record is, is predicated on um, Matt Stafford. He's been absolutely. a great, great, great mm. quarterback over the years with, with absolutely next to no help. Yeah, if He's got good receivers, he's got a crap offensive line. If he's got a good offensive line, he's got crap receivers. Or, yeah. It's just uh, this dysfunctional would be the nicest thing I could say about Detroit. Mm-hmm. I've, I've heard an interesting theory. I think it was the guys on PFF that floated the the possibility and it was said through like somewhat gritted teeth or a little bit of uncertainty but um some people are saying that the departure of calvin johnson from the lions might have actually turned matthew stafford into a better quarterback purely because he doesn't have this security blanket of oh i don't really know what i've got i'm just going to throw it up to calvin now he has to like sit and actually process things better and he's probably got better at processing and picking the right target. And obviously when it was Calvin Johnson, there was a lot of time when there was no one along the other side other than Golden Tate for, for a while as well. I, I, I don't know how much I buy into that, but it actually sounds kind of like it would make sense. Yeah, well, it does not in a way. You just throw it to a particular area of the field. You don't even have to look. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Megatron's got me there. Yeah. Yeah. So, much by that Possibly. reasoning... I'm sure that the Houston Texans will be a much better team now that they got rid of that dead weight DeAndre Hopkins. Well, that's it. That can only work wonders for uh, Deshaun Watson's development as a QB. Yep. Telling you, man, Bill O'Brien is playing chess <laughs> while we're playing checkers, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, the the, off, the offense, I think it could actually look not too bad. Like, carry on Johnson if he stays healthy. DeAndre Swift looks like a nice addition at running back. Um, TJ Hawkinson, if he can stay healthy, he looked pretty sharp at the beginning of last season. Um, that that, that defense, Trey Flowers, if he can can be what he can be, and Jamie, Jamie Collins was outstanding last season for New England. Getting Desmond Trufant from Atlanta, I think, is a really good pick. But Jerron Harmon yeah, at safety is real nice too. 
if if that works out, that could actually be one of the one of the better secondaries in the NFL. Yeah, but, but okay, it's a lot of turnover of personnel here, and mm-hmm. they're not rookies. But it's mm-hmm. still difficult. It's still difficult to incorporate all these new faces mm-hmm. and the one team at the same time. Uh, how they implement that, I don't know. I can see them improving, but yeah. you've got you've got to pick up another five games to get to eight and eight. That's that's huge. You got to get, pick work another pick up another five games to get to mediocrity. Well, keep keep in so, mind that for the beginning of the season, they had Matthew Stafford playing out of his mind. Yeah. But they and then they got like a little something before he got injured, and then it was Jeff Driscoll buying center and all all, all the other selection of no names. Um. David Blau, remember the remember them? Oh, hi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Looked like the the greatest quarterback on the earth for uh, for like a quarter and a half. And thanks. Yeah, and then he realized. Then, oh, then wait. realized. Oh, wait a minute, I'm playing for the Lions. Like, oh, no, <laughs> I, I can't. I can't succeed here. No, no, no. I can't. No. I can't win. Yeah, no, it did did not work out so well for him. But I I, I think I'm I'm actually a little bit higher on the Lions than you are. Um, I think that maybe this is the season that Daryl Bevel gets that offense really clicking again it will rely on the health of Matthew Stafford but I think that they could be a very good team on offense and there is some good potential especially in the secondary for that defense and if Jamie Collins can be what he was in New England then like man just forget about it it could be lights out yeah I, I agree with you I see improvement but whether there's enough improvement you've got to improve hmm. a lot to get back to average and that, that, yeah. that's that's the way I'm looking at it. So yeah. I, still, I still see them propping up the division, but with, with more wins, mm-hmm. it's, it's they've a bit long way to go. Long way. To yeah. Go. Okay. And I think well, that's probably. Yeah, I think this might be Matt Patricia's last season there. Or maybe I think he needs to make a success of it. Definitely. Well, you see, they've thrown all that money at the free agency. Mm-hmm. He's just throwing it to all his old mates he used to coach in New England. Yeah, watch that one. (laughs) So that's that's Jerron Harmon, Jamie Collins, Trey Flowers, Danny Shelton, at very least, uh, all from New England. Um, Uh, Is he yet yet to work anywhere? Chase Daniel. You just add Chase (laughs) Daniel, and that's that's a recipe for success. Boom, there you go. Super Bowl, book it. What a cracking (laughs) job he's got. Turn up the whole clipboard. Yeah, I could do that. $13 million in three years. Not too bad at all. Not too shabby. Um, the Lions start off with a trip to Chicago, and then they host the Packers. They then host the Cardinals, travel to the Saints, host the Jaguars, and host the Falcons. Now, that of all the ones we've had so far, that's a, that's a weaker schedule. Yeah, but they, they, I, I see them being 0-4. All right, okay, of course, of course you could. They could be 0-4, 0-4. or they could be 3-1. and Ah, I see 0-4 there, but maybe win that last two you mentioned. Mm. Well, yeah, I don't know. Again, it depends on what happens from the Cardinals this season, but I can definitely well, see them beating that? the Jaguars. I can see them giving the Falcons a run for their money. Um, Saints, nah. Cardinals, maybe. Bears, who's at quarterback? Yeah. Pretty much it for me. I'm going to I'm gonna split that. I'm going to say they win three of those games. Fair enough. That's only one out for me. And I think it's the, the Chicago one there. Or maybe the Arizona. Mm. Yeah. So if they win... A huge yeah. unknown there. 
Well, if, if they, if they that, split that, then they, they, they're yeah. going to do pretty well. They, they also still have to I, play I so. Washington and Carolina, who've got a lot of like, potential to suck this season. Uh, they also play the Buccaneers later on in the season. They've got the Colts. You don't know what they're going to be. I, this could be, I'm going to say, it, a 10-win team. Oh. I think. I think potential for a 10-win team. Or... Oh. A two-win team. <laughs> really nice. There you go. I was going like, to like have a wee wager. Right I was going to have a small wager with you there. Ten-win team. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, oh, I'll okay. tell you what then. Let's uh, let's set the over. At, over and under. Yeah. What would you put that at? Like six wins. Would you go over under on six wins? Ah. I can hear the calculations over. ticking over. You over, go, you, you go over six wins. I don't. I haven't seen the rest of roster, the rest of the schedule, but I think they've got seven wins in them. Mainly okay, due okay. to the, the, the free agency signings. I think they've, they've, although it doesn't always work, this mm-hmm. going back to the well, the New England well in this case, um, it, it could work. As you said, Jamie Collins could be a great signing. Truffaut, yeah. Okay. If if Stafford says fit, if they go anything between six and eight. It's a success, yeah. I think. It's a success, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I could see, I, I, I could see, I could see eight wins, maybe. So, uh, yeah, I'll tell you. Let's let's give them let's give them eight wins, which means that they'll tie a game and it'll be seven and a half wins, and neither okay. of us will get yeah, anything. Okay. okay. <laughs> get eight wins. I'll buy you. I'll buy you pizza, at Rogan Vagabond. How's that? Nice. Absolutely. I'll probably be wonderful. about. I'll probably be about five years before I get across to New Zealand again, <laughs> mind you. But. You can. I'm sure you can um, just. Uh, you can wire them the money, if that's what you do these days. Send oh, it in yes. Telegram form. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> exactly. That'd be wonderful. Oh well, I look forward to that pizza, and I'll get you one at Snappy Tomato Pizza or something like that, right? Oh, smash it. I'm bad Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Right, we we'll get. <laughs> We've got to do our NFC North predictions here, then. Okay, so from uh, from bottom to top, who's going to be the basement dwellers in this division? Lions. You're saying I Lions? Be, I'm saying six, six or seven. Okay. Wins. Uh, then I go, I think Bears and Vikings will probably go eight and eight. Mm-hmm. Park will get Park will get 10, 10 11 wins. Arden okay. Rodgers is there. They're, they're still good enough to... To, to squish that division. Sorry, I, I was going to stay away from my Doric mannerisms, but I just <laughs> That's quite right. You can you can squish it. People have got the idea. There's context clues in there. They can go with it. Yeah. Uh, like I, I'm 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 dithering between. Um, like, do I go for my a little bit more conservative prediction, or do I just go for my outlandish one and say like, this sounds crazy, but it's not nearly as crazy as you think. Oh, go for it, Stuart. Go for the crazy one. Uh, Detroit winning the division. Well, I think that the Minnesota Vikings could finish bottom of the division. Yeah, I can. Yeah, we we discussed them at length. I, I, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think there's possibility. Absolutely. I think then the Chicago Bears will be uh, just above them. And yeah, you know what? Why not? I think the Green Bay Packers will finish second in the division, and the Detroit Lions are going to win the division. They're hey, somehow going to really make go- their way. You're really going for it. It's obvious yeah, well, that uh, it's obviously Darren Butler's not doing this podcast. He's ripping you a new one there. I think absolutely. Oh, 
well, hey, you gotta go, like, you gotta go bold or you gotta go home. I've also been told that it's a good idea to be yelling on podcasts, but I'm not going to do that because, you know, this is a flat wow. arrangement we're in right yeah. now. If I get my own studio at some point, I'll do it differently. Yeah, I don't, and your dad doesn't like people who shout. So. No, of course. But like, apparently shouting sounds normal over these sorts of things. Oh, so I'm told. It? Apparently so. Okay. Broadcasting, I wouldn't say 101, but it's it's apparently a thing. Anyway, yeah, I, I, I think that there is potential for the other teams in the division to regress that much and the Lions can potentially use their their incoming veterans to to really make their mark on this season. I think that they're actually pretty solid uh, on offense. I think that the, the wide receiving depth looks really, really good. Matt Stafford, uh, if he can come back from, from his injury and be what he was last season, you've got another MVP potential on your hands. Mm-hmm. And... Um, yeah, like the the de- defense looks probably like one of the more convincing ones in this division at the moment. Certainly more convincing than Minnesota. Um, and th- there's still a couple of questions in the Bears, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's it's really very difficult. But you know, if you got to go bold, you can't get much bolder than that. I would say. Yeah, it's a problem with you stuff. So you just want every you just want everyone to win. Uh, <laughs> Why can't we all just give them eight wins? Yeah, but. Okay, Detroit three and twelve last year. They were, they were very unlucky. Mm-hmm. You know, just just anything, anything Detroit to do just sort of backfilled them. So yeah, maybe three wins was a bit unfair in them, but I think I so. I think that's going, what kept Patricia in his job. I can't see them going from the basement to the penthouse. I'm afraid. So I can absolutely understand that, which is yeah. why I probably don't really think that. But it's my it's your podcast. Very aggressive like. estimate. Yeah, I just I just yeah. say whatever I want. Like I, I'll just say that the divisions are going to be realigned and Denver is going to win it. I don't know, whatever. They just just make up anything I want in this podcast. Um, so yeah, I think that that'll do it for the NFC North. Um, well, I'm gonna know just about. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's pretty good, pretty solid. My um, coffee's late as well. Oh, boy. My coffee, coffee should have been here 10 minutes ago. It just hasn't appeared. You just, just can't get the service these days. No, I know. Mum's probably downstairs chilling in her nice new uh, nice new decking area at the back, eh? Oh, yeah, it's, it's coming on, yeah. I, I did a wee bit extra at that last night. So, yeah. Oh, very good. I'll have to, have to show me I'm that not talk about, I'm not going to talk about garden improvements on an NFL podcast here. No, nah, we, we definitely digress, but uh, that's just what we do. In fact, that should be like what we put on a t-shirt it's just uh, we we digress uh, <laughs> as well as uh, Trank for like tank for tip tank for trevor and there's various other ones that we managed to pick up across uh, the last little while anyway again i digress let's time to wrap it up and uh, please join us again next time when we will be taking on the nfc south thanks very much for joining us and thank you very much dad for joining me on this one too greatly appreciate you're, it you're very welcome great to chat with you and <laughs> awesome you're, you're, and your numerous view, uh, viewers, listeners. It's, it's, it's really easy to fall into that, isn't it? Aye, because I'm watching <laughs> you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, don't make everyone yeah. jealous by telling them that. <laughs> anyway, thanks very much, guys. Catch you next time. Yeah, thanks, Sam. Goodbye. Yeah.